Hi everybody and welcome to the Junction Church Podcast. We pray that this message inspires and encourages you. If you would like to find out any more information about us, then please visit our website at www.thejunctionchurch.com. Thank you for listening. Today um, is anointing. Now, this is the scripture that I have for you because this scripture that just is one line in my iPad is enough to blow you away for the rest of your life. And uh, so in 1 John 2, uh, verse 20, it says, But you, say me, that's me, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Yes, everybody went quiet. Because that is the most phenomenal one-liner. Well, actually, two-liners there. Um, You could just uh, think about or look at or even ponder on. You know, someone said to me once, the way you meditate on the Word of God is to literally take one word at a time and chew over it. And really like, so, you know, you. So who is you? And and, and not, well, we're going to understand what the anointing is. And to go through it bit by bit. And this is kind of one of those... A bit of scriptures that you need to take a hold of it and start chewing it. You know, cows have five stomachs or something like that. And they they chew the grass, they swallow it, they bring it back up again, they chew it, they swallow it, goes down again to another uh, stomach, they bring it up, they chew it. We need to be like that with the word of God, really. That which has gone deep into our hearts, bring it up, chew it, establish it, put it down, bring it up again. Don't just leave the very thing that you've learned. So the anointing, it means pouring oil upon or smearing oil on, all right? That's what it means, pouring oil upon or smearing oil into or on, okay? Now, if you've been in church for a while, you would have heard this word, anointing. We say it quite a lot. Uh, We say, wow, that was so anointed, that preacher, or that worship service was so anointed. Oh, he's so anointed when he does that. But if you haven't been in church before, this will be a completely strange word to you because it's not used in society at the moment. Uh, No one walks up to someone and says, whoa, you are anointed. (laughs) And uh, it will be such a strange word. But I want to unpack it for you so that if you've been in church for a long time or if you have never been in church, this is your first time, you understand as much as everybody else understands. Because this is a a word that is used in church. Uh, But it's an incredible, significant word. It's huge. Huge. And uh, when you understand this word, it holds great power and great revelation. And so it's very important that we understand what the anointing is. And to understand what the anointing is, we actually have to go back in history. And we have to understand what the Jewish traditions were. Now, there's two words in the Old Testament for the anointing. And I don't, I'm not going to say them because I can't say them. Um, but uh, there was, so there was two words, two anointings. And the first anointing was a very practical anointing. And uh, it was olive oil, which is normally uh, oil, which is normally olive oil. Now, olive oil that can be mixed with a scent or olive oil, olive oil on its own. And it was used practically for cleansing. So, when you hear throughout the Old Testament of people having baths, they often put oil in their baths. And the reason they did that 
is because the, the, the heat of the sun upon them would dry out their skin and they would need to soothe their skin. Just as they used to soothe all the extremities that were exposed to the sun, that were exposed to the biting dust, they would uh, pour oil upon their heads, upon their hands, upon their feet to soothe the irritation of the heat and the dust. So they used to do that. Um, the, only on the Sabbath could the women mix uh, the scented oil with the oil. And they were allowed to go out perfumed. And uh, the, they actually were allowed a tenth of their dowry to get the perfumed oils. And I think we should bring that back. <laughs> Tenth of our wages for perfume, ladies. Who's with me? Yes, we have. <laughs> I can't remember that word for crowd this morning, but we definitely have a crowd that agree. <laughs> and so they used to apply it to their head and the hands, pour it over. And this is where the anointing, the term anointing came. And throughout the Old Testament, you'll see uh, written like David washed and anointed himself. Um, you'll see they cleansed their face and anointed themselves and they were pouring oil upon themselves. So it used to bring a cleansing. It used to bring a healing. It used to bring protection. I mean, if I poured oil over me when out in the sun, I would be a lobster. Uh, that would not be at all <laughs> beautiful and certainly not a protection because you do get those mad people that lay on the... On the uh, on the beach and they put oil all over them. Well, <laughs> my word, God help you. And, uh, but it was refreshing, it was invigorating and it brought comfort. But the other word is the spiritual anointing. And you'll see throughout the word of God where they used to pour oil um, upon objects to consecrate them. So consecrate means to set apart, to, to put it into service. And so they used to take things uh, and make them holy by pouring oil over them. When Jacob uh, woke up from his dream, uh, Jacob had laid down on a stone, which he used as a pillow. And he had an incredible dream of an open heaven of angels, and God spoke to him. And he was so uh, overcome by this dream, God made a promise with him that he took the very stone that he'd used as a pillow, put it upright, and poured oil over it. To, to consecrate it, to make it a place where he would call God's house. And so it was a very important procedure that they used to do. Um, they used to pour oil upon their guests. And come round my house <laughs> when you've just washed your hair. <laughs> but they used to honour guests by, I guess, because they would have been wandering around in the heat in the desert, come into their house, they would anoint their heads with oil to obviously refresh and cleanse. And so, uh, and on incredible occasions, they used to anoint their feet. Um, the other thing that they used to anoint, they used to pour oil over, was when they were crowning kings, kings. So they used to get a hold of people, pour oil upon their heads, and proclaim them kings. And what it was basically equivalent to was like, our today's crowning. So they used to pour the oil on, and that would be, we have, you have been crowned king. You'll see that David was, was anointed for kingship. Jehu was anointed for kingship, giving them authority, royalty, and a right to govern. Now, you need to retain this information because it makes a difference for you later. The other thing they used to anoint with oil is priests. They were anointed to be set apart and dedicated to service. 
to be made holy. And when they were anointed, they received a spiritual qualification. You need to remember that, okay? So there was all of these anointing. There's a lot of oil, right? That is a lot of olive oil. Good job they got a lot of olive trees out there. And uh, so you can see the significance of where the anointing, which means pouring oil upon, came from. But how does that apply to you and me today? How does that make you an anointed one? How does that, that first line, you have received an anointing from the Holy One, you know all things. Do you remember the last time you had oil poured over your head? (laughs) No. Because, I tell you what, Jesus Christ is the Messiah, holy and anointed one. He is the king over all kings. He is the great high priest. The one who came and cleansed and healed all of humanity should they choose to receive him. So encapsulated into Jesus Christ was all those very things that were before in the anointing. He was the king. He was the priest. He was the one who cleansed, the one who protects, the one who came, the holy and anointed one. And should you receive receive him, you would receive, it's when you... You receive him, then you receive the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the very thing that brings the anointing. When we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive the anointing. See, the anointing is no longer oil. It's the oil of the Holy Spirit. It is greater than any olive oil or perfumed oil. It is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And this is so significant in our lives Because when we receive his spirit, we receive that anointing first to soothe, comfort, and pour over our hurts that the heat has caused the irritations in our own life. Because the Holy Spirit is able, as it said, smear, to rub in, to pour over those things of the world that are biting, the dust, the, the, the things of this life that have been thrown at us and have caused the scars, have caused the hurt upon our lives, the Holy Spirit causes oil upon us and soothes, cleanses and comforts us, sanctifies us and sets us apart. He comes as a refreshing. He comes as a healing, a protection. He anoints us just like what we found out in the Jewish traditions. He spiritually, he gives us a spiritual qualification and a given authority to govern. Do you know who you are tonight? If you have received the Holy Spirit, you have received an anointing, which gives you qualification. The trouble is, half the time, we don't feel like it. We forget that we have an anointing from the Holy One. We have received the Anointed One. And if we understood what the anointing means and that we have been anointed, then our life looks very different. The things we do, we do differently. The things we say have greater power. And you see... It says in 1 Peter 2 verse 9, now remember we've received uh, authority as kings. We have received qualifications to be priests. 
And in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. There it is, a royal priesthood. This is you talking about. A holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That's salvation right there. You are a chosen generation. I am blown away by how much God believes in us. You know, he says, he says to us, believe in me and you shall be saved. But God is great. God is faithful. God is truth. And I would find it easier to believe in him than him to believe in me, right? Isn't it amazing? Even when we were yet sinners, he loved us. That he believes in us so much that he doesn't just give a little, he goes over and above, as Kevin spoke. He says, I haven't called you just to believe in me. I've called you to do something greater, even greater than that. And I want to say today, if the church would rise up, and know that they are anointed, then the power and the ministry of what we do will be greater. Because he believes in us more than we believe in ourselves. You know what goes through your head. You know your faults. You know your failings. You know your insecurities. But actually what is spoken over your life is that you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. And our minds have got to change. Our thinking has got to change. Because we've got to believe what he believes in us for. Amen? Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. And so are we. In Luke 4 verse 18, it says this. The Spirit of the Lord, this is where Jesus is standing in the temple. And he is given the book of Isaiah. And he opens up Isaiah, and this is the scripture, because it was prophesied in Isaiah. And this is what he reads, and this is about him. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me, the anointed one, the Messiah, to preach the good news, the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. That was the amplified version because I just loved it. Do we have it? Was that up there, the amplified version? Oh, we don't have it. Okay, that's fine. But when you look at this scripture, because I think sometimes we think as the anointing as something elusive. All right? But if you look at this scripture, when Jesus reads it out, and this, this describes what the anointing is. Because we think, as Kevin said this morning, the anointing is out here somewhere, okay? And we kind of need to grab it. But what this describes is what the anointing looks like. It, it unpacks the anointing. Let me read it again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach 
the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captives, the recovery of sight, the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed and broken by calamity, to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the free favours of God profusely abound. I love that bit. (laughs) So this is what it looks like. This is what we who have received an anointing are anointed for. You see, Jesus was anointed for a purpose. He wasn't just anointed, he was anointed for purpose. And it says in Acts 10, now I'm reading for Amplified, so you're going to have to do the two at the same time. But it says in uh, Acts 10.37, The same message which was proclaimed throughout all Judea, starting from Galilee, after the baptism preached by John, how God anointed and consecrated Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength and ability and power. How he went doing good and in particular curing all those who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil for God was with him. Jesus was anointed for purpose. You are anointed for purpose. I love the bit in this Amplified that it says... He, how God anointed and consecrated that set him apart for service with the Holy Spirit and with strength, ability and power. And the same goes for you, that God has anointed you, set you apart for service with strength, ability and power. And so, but it says in, in 2 Corinthians 1.21, just in case you really are still sitting there and thinking, I don't think I am anointed, This should confirm it by now, okay? But it is God who confirms, see I told you so, and makes us steadfast and establishes us in joint fellowship. This is Paul speaking to the Corinthians. With you in Christ and has consecrated and anointed us, enduing us with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He has also appropriated and acknowledged us as his by putting his seal upon us and giving us his Holy Spirit in our hearts as the security, deposit and guarantee for the fulfilment of the promise. So not only does God establish you in your faith, not only does he confirm your salvation, but he gives you that anointing. And we need to understand this anointing that is upon our life. But also, he gives you gifts. He gives you the gifts of the Spirit. And it is the anointing that empowers the gift. You have received gifts upon your life. When you receive Christ, when you receive the Holy Spirit, you were given gifts. Now, we receive gifts by faith. But we all have been given gifts according to that which God wants to do. Now, sometimes we think we are given gifts, we're just, oh, we're willy-nilly given gifts, okay? So, but let me read the scripture, and I want to say to you that God gives you a gift to be used at a certain time. He may give you a different gift to be used at a different time. And so we have to understand this anointing is for a purpose. This anointing is active. This anointing is something that goes forward and moves forward. 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7 says, But the manifestation of the Spirit 
is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Say, that could be me. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. I always read this and think, I want that one. (laughs) Did you ever read that? But this is the one everybody wants. To another, the working of miracles. Put your hand up if you want that one. (laughs) To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. It is the anointing that gives you the unction to bring the gift. And friends, the church collective together is so beautiful because one will bring the word of wisdom, one will bring the miracle, one will bring the faith. You see, what happens on a Sunday? We have worship and the presence of God comes. Well, we hope it does anyway. And normally what happens on a Sunday, you might have sat there and questioned yourself, Why is it that someone gets up and does what they do, like OJ did tonight, so beautifully? Because the presence of God brings the anointing, and the anointing has a purpose. So when the anointing comes, like it does in worship, there is a purpose to what God wants to do and is doing in that very moment. And so through the ministry, through the gifts that God has given us, someone comes up, and brings the revelation. Someone comes up, and whatever God wants to manifest, God wants to do in that morning, and proclaim and bring, is brought because there is anointing, and anointing will bring the purpose, and the purpose will bring the fruit. And so that's why we do what we do. It's why we don't just finish worship, sit down. Because God wants to say something, God wants to do something. And when you're standing in worship because you have an anointing, what you need to do is become active in your own heart. Because I think we, we rely on what this person brings, and that is right for the church. That is right for what God wants to say. But how about when the anointing comes, you ask God what he wants to reveal? How about you become active in your own anointing that God has brought you. You see, it says that you know the anointing, you know all things. That's because he brings truth. He abides in you and he brings truth. You know what isn't truth and you know what is truth because the anointing is in there and it bears witness to what is truth. And so when you're at the end of worship or you're in your time of prayer, to start through what God is revealing in you to start to ask those questions, to, to, to start to work into those, in those giftings. Um, what is it God is saying? What, it is, what is it that God is doing? And God will show you and God will give you an unction because the anointing that is upon your life. I've had many a time where God has shown me what someone else is going through so I can go and pray for them in that time when the anointing is there. To bring a word of wisdom. To bring understanding into someone's life. So let's become active in the anointing. 
because you can just be, oh, this is the lovely presence of God. But God wants to do something because he's anointed you for purpose. I had a lady, um, oh, quite a few years ago now. Um, she spoke over my life, and it so affected me because I don't know whether I could even describe what was going in on my, in, in my life, but a frustration on the inside. And she prayed over me, and she said, Cheryl, she said, uh, <clears throat> the anointing to you is like a slippery bar of soap. She said, one minute you feel like you've got it, and the next minute you feel like you haven't. And I think probably a lot of us can witness with that. It's like in the presence of God, I would stumble over, uh, stumble into the anointing and stumble out of the anointing because I didn't really understand what it was that God was doing. But when you read through Luke and you see what Jesus was anointed for, and that is the anointing, if you read through the gifts, you know that's what the purpose of the anointing is. And when you know what the purpose is, you can grab a hold of it. So you need to meditate on what the gifts are. You need to meditate on what the anointing is, as Jesus read out in Luke. And, and so once I'd got a hold of that, I was like, okay, now I understand what that actually means. I mean, Pastor Phil Pringle is an incredible pastor from C3 Church in Australia. And I have never known a man like him. Now, if you uh, are interested, he is down at our European conference in Brighton this summer. He's coming to speak, which is incredible. Now, I've seen Pastor Phil Pringle minister. And I have never seen anyone so like a master in the anointing. When the presence of God comes and that anointing comes, that, that, that purpose, he knows exactly what to do with it. And then he will shift to when God brings a different anointing. So if there's healing that comes in or then there's a prophetic, he knows exactly what God wants to do. And I just find it incredible and so inspired by a man who understands what the anointing is doing. Because when his presence comes, there is always a purpose. Anointing enables that purpose. To preach the good news, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recover the sight of the blind, bring revelation, to liberate those who are oppressed, proclaim the favour of God, a word of wisdom is brought, a word of knowledge, faith comes, healing comes, miracles are performed, the prophetic is released, spirits are, discerning, are discerned, a heavenly language is spoken and understanding comes. That's what happens when the presence of God comes. That's the anointing and that is what is on your life. I want you to take courage I want you to take a hold of who you are. Being a king, being a priest, that you have been qualified. Stop arguing with yourself. I want to say the anointing is not the ministry. The anointing empowers you to minister. And so you have an empowering to minister. And we've got to start opening up our hearts, opening up our lives, opening up our understanding, um, moving by faith. 
when God, seeing what God wants to do, even in the worship service, say, God, what are you wanting to do? Even in prayer time, God, what are you wanting to do over my life? There's two things to remember. The anointing is activated by faith. And unction comes by doing something. Jesus was anointed to preach good news, heal the sick. In that, there is an activation. There is something that needs to be done. And that takes faith to step out and do it. That takes a decision in your heart tonight that, you know what, if I have an anointing from God, I'm going to actually start activating that anointing by faith and I'm going to start moving into those things that he has called me to do. Because if the church does that, my goodness me, the power that will be released the healing that will be released into people's lives, the understanding, the revelation, the miracles, you know, when people lay hands and people are set free and healed. The other thing that you need to remember is the anointing is nurtured by the presence of God. It is not of your own. It is nurtured by the presence of God. It comes out of a relationship with Him. When you know Him, you know what he wants to do. And the presence of God is such an incredible thing. We just let it roll off our tongue, the presence of God. But when you really think about who we stand in the midst of, that he is all around us, his presence is all around us, presence of God the one who made the universe, created the heavens and the earth. His presence is all around us. His presence is in us. The presence of God. One that we shouldn't even be worthy to be in, but how he has enabled us, empowered us, forgiven us and cleansed us to stand in his presence. And not only to stand in his presence, but to bring purpose in his presence of what he wants to do. The church needs to get closer to him. We need to get closer to him. We need to know him. Jesus only did what the Father told him to do. And that's the thing about the anointing. It's not just a free-for-all. It's not an experiment. It's not like, oh, that sounds like a good idea. It's about what is Jesus requiring you to do? What has he given you anointing for? And each and every one of us, it doesn't matter how young you are in the faith, when you get to know Jesus Christ, that simple faith, trusting in him, obeying him, How many times has he told us to do something and we're like, oh, I'm not doing that. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Confessions. But that's how we learn. Because we know when we've missed it. We know when we should have brought that very thing that he wanted us to do. And so, I really want to encourage you to understand what you have. And understand the purpose of what you have. Understand who you are. That in every situation, in any place, at any time, 
nothing changes you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things isn't that incredible grace of God to enable us and empower us it never ceases to amaze me and so I really really want to grab a hold of your heart today and say let's walk in that let's be who we are called to be we are the anointed ones now we are the anointed ones and there are so many people that need to be set free there are so many people that need us to stretch out our hands need us to speak the word need us to prophesy in their situations need a miracle need encouragement need us to step out of our comfort zone and actually work in the anointing that we've been given come on my friend this is the church this is those who have a faith in Jesus Christ these are those who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit not to feel good yes partly but to be activated we have an anointing from the Holy Holy One we can sit in the presence of God and just drink and enjoy and be but God says come on anointed ones let's do this let's do this let's do what Jesus he was described the anointing let's do it let's let's be vessels of honor that when required for service we're ready let's be vessels of honor that when Jesus says okay let's do this now we're ready to do it let's go there now we're ready to go it comes with the activation it comes with the faith to step out thanks for listening if you have any questions or you'd like to find out contact information or service times then don't forget to visit our website www.junctionchurch.com god bless